G'day legends, welcome to episode 53 of Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. My name is Brownie and I'm your podcast host. Apologies for the delay, we were supposed to have an episode out last week, but this dickhead got stuck in Vietnam for an extra four days. Uh, But we are back on deck and ready to give you another fantastic episode. I go one-on-one with Dead Letter Circus's frontman, Kim Benzie, to chat all about their new self-titled album, and the time he was invited on stage by Chino from Deftones and absolutely fucked up his guest spot. More on that soon, but the big news of the past week or so has been the Download Festival lineup for 2019 getting announced. We are going to see a plethora of heavy bands return to Australia for the 2019 edition, which also heads to Sydney as well. I'll give you a rundown on who's going to be performing at that one too, plus get you through some new music later on from Avenged Sevenfold. their Mad Hatter also caused a bit of controversy with fans and uh, a bit of backlash too so I'll talk about that a little bit later on but now let's officially kick it off with these guys who just wrapped up an Australian tour you can check out all the coverage from their Sydney show at wallofsoundau.com but this is Polyphia with Goat greatest of all time on Wall of Sound up against the wall
This is Dave from Circles, and you're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
Aussie band Circles and their track Dream Sequence and Wall of Sound up against the wall. They just recently put out their album, The Last One, and you need to get behind them too. They did a big tour with Tesseract as well and are making a name for themselves overseas too. Jump on board now and go check them out. Circles is the band. But the Download Festival for 2019 officially had its announcement recently featuring the likes of Ozzy Osbourne, Slayer, Judas Priest, Alice in Chains, Hailstorm, Rise Against, The Amity Affliction and my personal fucking favourite, The Fever 333, are going to be making their debut in Australia at the event. Now, tickets are officially on sale right now, and it kicks off in Sydney on March 9 next year, before making its way to Melbourne on March 11 for the uh, long weekend down that way. But it should be pointed out as well that only 23 bands have been announced so far. There is going to be a total of 32 on the lineup, which means there's two more announcements to come. Our grey nomad photographer, Mick G, went to the media launch in Sydney and found out there's two more announcements to come, one of which will feature five Australian bands, and another one, we're not sure whether that's going to be mixed with international and local bands or just international. There's also going to be a dedicated local stage this year too so you can go check out your favourite upcoming Australian bands. And download head honcho Nigel Melder also revealed that Metallica and Iron Maiden will never play a download festival in Australia. His quote was saying, once you go that big, where do you go from there? And you know what? It makes perfect sense too. I mean, you look at the Soundwave Festival in 2013 when they had Metallica, Linkin Park, Blink-182, The Offspring. It was an anniversary of the event, you know, the 10th anniversary, but they couldn't replicate a lineup that big in years to come. And that's when all the fan backlash came about saying, you know, this lineup sucks in comparison to 2013 and you just can't go that big with a festival because there'll be expectations in years to come of, you know, trying the top bands like that. So I agree with Nigel for not putting those bands on, but it should also be pointed out as well too that the festival organisers tried to arrange the uh, download festival events to happen a weekend apart and during that week between them, there would be a whole stack of sideshows. Unfortunately, that fell through this year, so maybe we might see plans for that happening in 2020. The only way we can see this happening is if we get behind it and support this festival. We have three great festivals in Australia right now for heavy music. Download, Good Things and Unify. Uh, we are being spoiled for choice right now. The best thing about this is if we support these music festivals, then they're going to compete against each other to try and get us to go to theirs, which means bigger better bands, and uh, exactly everything you want from a music festival. For all the details on download, head to wallofsoundau.com and check it out. But right now, let's get on a double shot from two of the bands featuring on the lineup. Code Orange next, and right now, the king and godfather of metal. This is Ozzy Osbourne, Crazy Train, on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
everyone. Corey Taylor here from Stone Sour and Slipknot, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. I don't make my children I'm always 
Code Orange featuring Corey Taylor on Wall of Sound up against the wall. Corey Taylor coming down under for good things with Stone Sour. Code Orange coming to Australia for Download Festival. Now we know that Slipknot are in this studio right now working on their follow-up album too. They put a casting call out recently for fans to go to a secret project. So hopefully in the next coming weeks we may start seeing some new music from Slipknot. And talking about new music, the guys from the Butterfly Effect have recently revealed on Facebook that they're going to be heading into the studio again to work on a follow-up album. Now you might remember the band just did a recent Australian tour which sold out all across the country with a whole stack of fans wanting to see these guys on stage again with the original lineup. Hopefully they can put their differences aside, get in the studio and put out a fantastic album. I know there's a lot of eager Butterfly Effect fans waiting for this to happen. But let's get on a classic from the guys right now. This is Beautiful Mine on Wall of Sound up against the wall.
Hey, this is Ezekiel Ox from Mammal, and you're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. So cut the virtue signaling, get me down with the real thing. Cut the virtue signaling, get me down with the real thing. Get me down with the real thing. Sing me a song, never ask for permission and you've never been wrong Another bad motherfucker on the mic Ideas tight every day and every night As you doubt out, tell me about been alone Smoke the joint, but you never build a whole ball You got immunity and feel strong Another letter shit, that'll get the job done I ain't nobody, you are listening to me To me I ain't nobody, you are listening to me Against the wall with Browning.
The legendary Cog on Wall of Sound up against the wall. They reformed not too long ago. They're doing a few shows here and there, especially overseas too. So if they're coming to your town, make sure you go and check them out. But right now, let's get into this fucking legend. Hey, this is Kim from Dead Letter Circus, and this is Wall of Sound up against the wall. When he's not taking over your social media accounts during the Faction's Hardest 100, he's fronting the band Dead Letter Circus. They have a new album, and it's my absolute pleasure to welcome this guy to the show. Kim Benzie, how the fuck are you, mate? Mate, I'm bloody awesome. How are you? Pretty fucking good. Haven't recovered from you bombing me that time, but um, we'll get past that. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that sort of something that you guys in Dead Letter Circus get up to when you're in the studio recording? Um, look, we're pretty, I'd say we're like phone phantoms, so if you leave your phone anywhere on tour, you generally will open your phone to a uh, picture of probably a spot you wouldn't take a photo of. We call it like, if someone does that right when, we, we, when we're at the stage where we know them just enough that it's not going to like ruin the friendship, it's basically we just go photo shoot time, someone holds up the phone, and um, someone bears all. <laughs> Alright, well let's have a chat. This new self-titled album, uh, first of all, it shares the same name as your 2007 EP. Is this like the equivalent in the music world of naming your kids the same name? <laughs> I've never thought of that. Um, yeah, no, no, not at all. You know, one could say that we're too lazy to write an epic name or the pressure of having super epic names for previous albums just got the better of me. <laughs> But um, it, it was more of a sequence of events where I hadn't actually thought of an epic name yet. And I know the pressure's on, and you know, the, everyone around the world's always waiting. You know, even people that don't know about Dead Letter for me to write an epic name, I'm just an epic dude. And then, yeah, look, I hadn't, I didn't have a name, and someone said, "What should we just call it self-titled?" And I was like, Phew, "It's not a bad idea because all of the sort of the themes on this album, we sort of started singing about." sort of first-person relationships and fixing yourself before you fix the world. And um, and then we kind of, you know, spent a, a couple of albums there where we were like, you know, just felt like we are a part of this, like, worldwide revolution, you know, like awakening together and, like, you know, a call to arms kind of vibe. And it just drifted back to this one. This one just came out really personal. We, don't, we never plan anything lyrically. It's just whatever falls out for me, basically. And, um, yeah, just when I was having the epic download of the, the lyrics from the ether for this album just happened to be super personal and yeah fix yourself kind of stuff and that's where we've begun so i was like okay if i join the dots enough here i'm not gonna have to think of an epic name and there we are lo and behold there we go so it's like a situation of all the songs are so fucking good that you can't pinpoint one being better than the other to take the naming rights yeah, basically, yeah. All right, well, the first single we heard from the album was The Army You Own. For those who have been living under a rock and haven't heard this yet, uh, what's this one all about? Well, that one was a bit like a stem from a conversation I was having with um, like a family member, a younger family member, who was just sort of, uh, he's talking about anxiety, basically. And the great thing is that that conversation is now a conversation that um, people have, and which is, you know, rather keeping aside. And he sort of brought up like going, you know, expressing a bit of social anxiety, you know, like just, the small stuff where you start out like you know being in a group and like being almost afraid to speak so everyone doesn't turn their attention to you and, and just that, all that fear like fear of saying something wrong making a mistake being ridiculed being judged and all that kind of stuff and um, I was just sort of giving him the you know as playing that role as a, the older family member of you know when you when you love someone like that and just saying man you know just try and welcome your little tests that come along like that and so if you win that battle with your own mind in those little scenarios and every time you do that you actually become stronger and you're kind of building this spiritual armor and then um i literally said the words um the armor you grow is the armor you own 
And I was like, you know, gave myself some props for being a profound motherfucker. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I might have said that out loud, but, um, and yeah, I went, wow, I might even just write a song about this. And then I, I was writing, you know, I kind of had the melodies for the song, but it was, it was like one of those synchronistic moments, I guess, where I had, I just started writing that song, I had the melodies, I hadn't decided on a theme or words yet, it was more oral shapes, I guess. And um, yeah, it just fit, and I was like, boom, and as soon as I had that little key, the, I sat down and basically wrote the whole, every lyric in the song, you know? And that's the conception, that's how it all came about, you helping out a family member, and now it's become a fucking worldwide sensation, and, and the first sample of Dead Like The Circus's next album. I, in my mind, I was helping him, but what might have happened is, we had the chat, and I walked away, and he just went, fuck, I'm never asking him <laughs> <laughs> for advice again. I can't get that half an hour of my life back. Alright, well let's check out that advice in the form of this song. This is the armor you own, new Dead Letter Circus. On Wall of Sound, up against the wall. Don't look away.
single number one from Dead Letter Circus's brand new album, Kim Benzie from the band joining me now. Mate, you've had a couple of big fucking shows this year. More importantly, you opened for motherfucking Prophets of Rage. How was that? Man, that was a very, very goosebumpy experience. You know, it's kind of no secret that we're all, you know, massive Rage Against Machine fans. Um, if you had to pick one band that unified all of our musical tastes, you know, because everyone's pretty eclectic within the band, that's the one band, you know, that would that would win the, you know, the poll between us that we all love. And um, I don't see this being a new incarnation of the band, really interested to see what it was like. And it was fucking awesome, if everyone's, anyone's wondering. Like, it was a new thing, you know, like, to get tags that you put on things based on, um, you know, a few of the hugest, you know, Rage fan with Zach. This new version of the band is this new entity, and it was, like, one of the best things I've ever witnessed. Like, it was really amazing. And um, more amazing the show was I was in the tea room making a tea. <laughs> I just like this person just appeared beside me as you do when you're in those backstage rooms and just sort of looked across and it was um it was Tim from the band. Oh wow. And, we, and we had this like this epic chat. He was a really nice dude. We're talking about um we'd done a big day out together. I didn't get to meet them on that one, but um yeah, just talking about like big day out tours and just fun stuff and just yeah, it was just it was one of those proper life moments where I was like going, I'm pretty sure I'm not coming across like a full fanboy but inside I'm a full <laughs> fanboy right there talking about those fanboy moments obviously you'd have fans who come up to you all the time and like oh my god you know Kim Benzie's here I got a mate uh, Brooke who did the exact same thing when you guys played a show in Brisbane one time but for you do you ever still have those moments where you get yourself out of the professional side and go oh my god I'm a really big fan I want to take a selfie with you um, well, I guess that's the one thing that because I like I've got no problem taking um, you know a selfie but we're only I'm probably like an you know an E grade celeb at a music festival, but um, <laughs> you know maybe an F grade at the um, at Coles or something like that. But um, I'm acutely aware that a lot of those people who you know, if you are like fucking mega famous, like that would you know you'd put a smile and take a photo, but deep down a little bit of them would just be over it. And so I try to make that the gift of when I meet someone of our interaction is like don't ask for a photo with someone. Yeah. But if someone's got a camera out, I'll like fucking dive and backflip to get in it so I get that photo. But I wouldn't ask someone, you know, I would never have asked him for a photo in that moment just because that's just what I'd like to give back, just give him a normal interaction because so many people's reaction, interaction would be, I guess, one of, you know, there's the adulation, but then there's that moment of the photo, you know what I mean? Because it's an interesting of the last 10 years where I just feel like for those, if you're really famous, it would, no matter what you said, a little bit of you would prefer to not get one and just be treated as a human being, have a human, yeah. a, a normal, a normal human interaction, yeah. That's it. It's sort of become the norm now, too, when you see someone famous to pull the phone out, get a selfie, but you don't exactly have that conversation with someone anymore. That whole, you know, thing about meeting someone has gone. It's just all about the photo and shares. Yeah, the photo of what, so, you, so that they can make it, you know, to tell someone something, you know, later on about it. On the topic of uh, fanboying and uh, Big Day Out, I wanted to bring this in. Um, obviously, one of the big moments of your career so far is jumping on stage with the Deftone guys in uh, Big Day Out 2011 singing Passenger. W was that for you the moment where you realised, fuck, you know, I'm stoked doing what I'm doing for a living? Man, it, it all happens so quickly. So how it came about is um, Chino really rates himself as a table tennis player, or him and Steven, I think it was. And I'm actually fucking ripping at table tennis because I've wasted tens of thousands of dollars in music studios when we should have been recording playing table tennis. <laughs> and um, I basically challenged them with um, uh, one of the band members who was the worst ping pong player I've ever seen. So I basically ended up just saying, just stand on the edge of the table and I'll do all the hitting. And anyway, I smashed the death tones in, um, in table tennis. And they just were just sort of joking around and like they were a little bit dirty. You know, it was like, it was fun. But um, I just said, 
oh, so does anyone ever get up and do Passengers? Because uh, they were playing that song every night and he was kind of singing it. There were veins popping out of his head. And, um, and he goes, wait, you want to get up? And I, I, I don't know if it was more, he was just trying to throw the challenge down because I beat him at table tennis or, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, when, when someone gets beaten at table tennis, you know, it's a bit... A bit, you kind of hate the person a little bit, and anyway, I just went, dude, I fucking love to. You know, it's one of my favorite songs. But what it actually did turn into for me is, um, I, I get really nervous about shit. Like, you know, sometimes for a walk on stage, my hand will be uncontrollably shaking, and it's like, you know, be praying for the power to go off or something. And it's just something I personally deal with all the time when it comes to performance. And that obviously was a real epic moment. Like, it was kind of like as a conversation sounded awesome. Getting to do it, I was like, holy fuck! Like, even now, my heart's beating thinking about it. Yeah, and um. All, all of my friends, because it happened, it was like literally, you know, it wasn't like, we'll do it tomorrow. It was like, okay, I'll, we'll do it, you know, in a couple of hours, you know, an hour or something like that. And so um, all of my friends are going, oh, dude, well, don't, don't step on the Chino box because he had this epic um, thing that he was touring around with, with like a ramp and you walk up. All of them had said, don't tread on this Chino box. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess I'm just a guess. It's probably the right idea. Anyway, because we were playing the same stage as those guys, I was really familiar with, you know, prowling around it, I guess. And the, the first that I got in there started, it was all going good. The second that we hit the chorus, we both just strolled up onto the Chino box like it was marching the box. And I had a moment where I, lo- I looked at my feet and I went, holy fuck, I'm on the Chino box. And I, <laughs> I, fucking, I sung the uh, second half of the chorus first and I just like, I threw, it just threw my um, mental confidence out so much because I went, oh my God, the, one of the greatest moments of your life and you just sung the wrong bit in the wrong spot. <laughs> and... Um, so that's a bit of a common theme for me with like amazing epic moments generally um, uh, just accompanied by some kind of clumsiness you know like just you know, I am just I'm a super tall skinny white guy with um, that if someone's going to fall off a stage or do something or whatever it's definitely me and it's just that's my contract with the universe I guess is that um, I'm never ever going to get a, a big head about things because there's just 90% of my life involves some kind of stumble. <laughs> and awkward moments and things like that. But like, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not devil about it. I, I have a laugh about it and I'm openly admitting it in front of, you know, all your listeners here. But yeah, I sung the wrong bit in the wrong moment and it just, it rattled me so hard. And then, um, it was cool. I think Gino was stoked because I beat him at ping pong. He's like, <laughs> you forgot the words of my song. It's a situation of like, you win some, you lose some. He could have got someone else on there, but he got you instead. And now you have that uh, level. So when they come back down under again, it'll be prime time. And that's exactly what you both need to do to beat each other, to uh, regain your dominance again. Well, yeah, I saw him in um, LA in the club. And uh, yeah, I could, I could tell there was a bit of, you know, he still had been a table there, it would have been on. So, yeah. Look, and if, if that opportunity comes again, I'll represent Australia, as I did on that day, with all my heart. And I'll um, I'll put him, you know, I'll make sure he knows that when you step onto a table tennis table in Australia with dead letter, you're just Chino. You're not Chino from the Deftones. Well, uh, let's hope that that day comes very soon. But until that point, let's give you a chance to redeem yourself right now and get on that Deftones classic. This is Passenger on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
flashback from Deftones Passenger, a song which Kim Benzie performed with the band on stage at Big Doubt 2011. Uh, you're going to be ripping around the country soon. It kicks off November 29 in Bunbury, all the way through until December 22nd. Um, Kim, the last show is in Adelaide on the 22nd. Is that going to be the one where you get up on stage dressed as Santa, giving out presents to everyone? <laughs> it's not a bad idea, mate. Um, I don't know. Oh, look, I'll take it on board. I call me more of an elf, you know, than a, a Santa, just based on yeah. my physique. But, um, yeah, look, that's, that's a bloody good idea. Adelaide's usually, uh, it's a crazy place to end a tour. Like, um, it just so happens that a lot of Australian tours end there. So it's kind of a weird place to party in because it's, you know, heaps of places shut down. Um, and there's some, there's a couple of weird underground bars or you end up at the casino, which is where everyone funnels at the very end if you're a few, true stayer to the party. And, um, yeah, just the weird interactions you have at like, you know, because we don't finish work till one o'clock in the morning if you really think about it. So everyone is way ahead of us by the time we do a, an after show party. And catch up with everyone. But, you know, in saying that, if, if fans, are, you know, obviously at that point, uh, at the end of the tour, if they want to catch up with you guys afterwards, is that cool to pretty much, you know, come say day and, you know, wish you guys a Merry Christmas as you head into the festive season? Oh, man, we're like, we we have no boundaries with that stuff. I should, I really, you know, maybe, maybe it's the benefit of not being, you know, not getting mega famous or anything in our career, but I, I love those moments of talking to people. Like, I find that they're some of the most memorable things I take back from tour and um, especially some of the most intense ones because their letters like quite intense music so a lot of people have it for the soundtrack to their intense moments and when people share that like often I have like goosebumps going down my arms going holy shit that's intense I love that shit it just goes to show the effect that the band is having on people you guys have been doing it for so long after all this time and we personally can't wait to see what you guys have on tour you can get your tickets and the new self-titled album right now from deadlettercircus.com Kim Benzie thank you so much for the chat yeah thank you man you can only see so far when both your hands are covering your eyes you don't have the time the greatness comes before the selfless Take it all for you, step back into line Open maybe one day Everything you want will fall into your hands You don't need to try Thinking what your eyes can't see Is not your problem Speaking of the truth You don't need your
of sound up against the wall with Brownie. i 
Perth band Voyager on Wall of Sound up against the wall and we've got this segment two songs that change me on this podcast. This is essentially your chance to take over and request two songs that change your life, got you into a specific genre, band, whatever the story is behind it, I want to hear from you. Now you can hit us up at the Wall of Sound Facebook page, just search for Wall of Sound AU. We're also on Twitter and Instagram if you're that way inclined. Just send me a message, tell me the two songs that change you, I'll get in contact with you and we'll get you on a future episode. This time around it's Parente. Hey, it's Parente. I'm one third of Collective Noun. I'm a wall of sound writer and I'm a bit of a prog fan. Uh, the first song that changed me was Coat by Carnival off their first album. This was back in the days when I was busy listening to my boring stuff and I kept hearing all this cool music coming from my brother's room. Turns out he was playing stuff like Tesseract and Cog and Carnival, whatever. So he showed me this song and as soon as that sort of like asynchronous riff and, and rhythm at the beginning hits in, I was like, this is some cool stuff. So that was the first one for me.
it's Parente again. The uh, second song that changed me was Metropolis Part 1, Miracle in the Sleeper by Dream Theater. Because, let's face it, everyone who's listened to some prog knows that song. That's like the most proggy staple there is out of all prog staples. So I think anyone not including that song is a bit off.
You're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. From their new album Sonder, that's Tesseract on Wall of Sound, up against the wall. And uh, talking about new music, Relica are a Central Coast band who are doing big things. They have a great sound behind them, and I'm going to play their new song Hangman for you in a sec. But right now, Avenged Sevenfold put out a surprise EP last week. Now, this features songs that they wrote and performed for the Call of Duty Black Ops soundtracks over the years. They've been a part of this project for each game that's come out so far, and this new single, Mad Hatter, is from the fourth edition of the game. Now, when this song 
song was released on Friday, it was played all across the globe and fans absolutely hated it. Not for the lyrical or musical content, but because of the sound quality. So, M Shadows from the band got in touch with fans and said that they have a new edition that you can download right now. Now this version is available on Reddit right now, he put it on there for fans too. We'll put the link in our article about the EP too, so just jump on wallofsoundau.com, search for Revenge Sevenfold and you'll see the link in there so you can download it. But this is the edition of Mad Hatter that the band want fans to hear. Brand new Avenged Sevenfold on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Monique from Relica, and this is Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall.
What's up, everybody? This is Caleb from Beartooth. You're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. As if I wasn't going to play that band on this podcast, unfortunately due to the fact that I was stuck in Vietnam, I missed out on a golden opportunity to have Caleb Shomo from Beartooth appear on a podcast episode. But that doesn't mean I can't talk up the album, it is fantastic. The new album Disease comes out on Friday and it is fucking phenomenal. If you've been following this band for years, you know that Caleb writes about his mental health issues and his struggles. He puts them into songs which is just so fucking relatable to absolutely anyone going through this themselves. 
Now this album has something for everyone. They are heading in a mainstream direction, so there's a lot of softer, melodic driven songs, but there's also the heavier songs like that one there, Manipulation. There's also Bad Listener and another one as well, True. I'm not gonna tell you about that one, but if you want a sneak peek ahead of tomorrow, head to wallofsoundau.com and go check out my review. I've given it a 9.5 out of 10. I love it that much and it is a dead set contender for album of the year alongside Amy Shark and Parkway Drive. So do yourself a favor, get behind the band, go check out their album, purchase it if you can, and uh, get involved with everything Beartooth. But that's it for this week of the podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. Don't forget to give it a like, subscribe, share it around, tell your mates about it, help spread the word about Wall of Sound up against the wall, and don't forget to get your two songs into me that changed you. Next week on the show, I'm stoked to reveal that the Wonder Years are making their way back to Australia for the Good Things Festival, and they are bringing with them some new music in the form of their new album, Sister Cities. Dan Campbell, a a.k.a. Soupy, the frontman, will be joining me for a chinwag and a very exclusive and unfortunate thing he revealed to me during the interview that wasn't public knowledge. Find out what that is next week, but until that point, we're going to get on the title track from their new album right now. This is Sister Cities, a wall of sound up against the wall. My name is Brownie. I'll catch you next week. Station. I watch the buses leave in silence, bound for foreign distant places. The Andes hold me close, a mother's only son. I feel weightless in the valley. Sister City